In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out, you ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court, they already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for like LeBron's last year, this year, next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be dead. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, man. Round two at Urban Roots, Sacramento Kings training camp takeover day two. Stack is taking it easy on the uh, stack of kittens. <laughs> Last time we did this shit with Jay Will, he almost couldn't talk, but <laughs> they we're missed here. You, they missed what you just said. What's that? Stack. Oh yeah, the beer's named Look after at the him bottom. now. You say stack of kittens. Stack Shout of kittens. out to my boy yeah. Rob. You know what I'm saying? It's Rob Laystill. But again, man, thank you, Urban Roots. Thank you, Sacramento, for coming out. We're excited. 
Um, you know, me being a hometown guy, I always want to try to uh, bring events and experiences back to Sacramento. We brought Jason Williams back uh, during the playoffs. We got Mike here to start the season. Mm -hmm. We're going to be back here before the playoffs again with a special guest. So thank you guys for coming out tonight. We appreciate you. Yeah. 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 You go ahead and give yourself an applause. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, well, let's get started, man. This is a good friend of both of ours. We go back. Mike and I played together. Stack and Mike kind of grew up together so that we know this is going to be a good one, a fun one. <laughs> Mike's not someone that talks much, but he's going to talk to us today. Mike is a little shy. He want to act shy, but today we're going to get it up out of him. Welcome to the show today, Mike Bibby. Thank you. Thank you. So, Mike, um, long career, um, but particularly the Sacramento run to me was one of your greatest runs as a professional athlete. You hit game winners. You helped lead this team to the Western Conference Finals. Um, what does it mean for you to be back in SAC? It's always special coming back here. Um, you know, I have family, friends I've had here for over 25 years. Uh, good to show that everybody shows me love every time yeah. I come here and it's just good to be back. Yeah. So what are you up to these days? Uh, I know your son is is is, is playing hoop. Uh, you're in a little bit of coaching. Um, what's Mike Bibby's day to day like these days? Um, Besides in the gym, because I can tell you've been in that <laughs> motherfucker, boy. <laughs> uh, I just joined Matt, so I'll be with Matt on NBC Sports Bay okay. Area this oh, year. That was a secret. So yeah, Mike is gonna be calling Kings games. He I wasn't supposed to say that, but he said it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm joining Matt there, but, you know, I'm still, you know, my son's trying to get in the G League. Uh -huh. um, you know, so I got three girls still trying to bring them up yeah. the right way. And, you know, I'm just trying to get him playing and, you know, trying to see if this could propel me in the coaching okay. coaching situation, too. So Okay. So uh, you spoke to your family, obviously, uh, very family oriented. You got your, br your, your brother, Dane. We're going to call Dane up later in the show so he can share his hair care secrets. <laughs> but uh, how important is family to you? I mean, I know how important your mom is, but your brother, you have such a great support system. And how important was that to you in your, in your in not only as a developing as a man, but your, your, your basketball journey as well? It was great for me. You know, I mean, I still carry that with me. I got a, you know, a block where my whole family lives on. Um, that means he's rich. He bought a whole area <laughs> in Arizona where his whole family lives. It's a little cul-de-sac, but yeah, uh, it all. you know, my family's always came with me everywhere I went, and it's just being comfortable. I like to be comfortable, mm -hmm. and you know, with them around, you know, I mean, I, it's just it's just it's easier for me. Mm -hmm. I can be myself. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know our relationship. Um, you know, we've been knowing each other for shit thirty plus years, probably maybe maybe, maybe a little long, twenty five, something like that, but. I um I'm I'm glad I can start this uh started off talking about our relationship. So I had been through a situation where I was supposed to get into Arizona where Mike went. We came out of high school. We had the number of recruiting class that year. Yeah. And um we had knew each other from playing high school and AAU and all that type of stuff. But um McDonald's game and right around that time we had became real close and I was supposed to go to Arizona, so I couldn't pass the test. I didn't take the test half the time. I didn't even go. Uh, just to be honest. Um, hold on, hold on. Because let's 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 be real. This 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 show today. So you was telling you and Dane was telling us how they were setting the tests up for you, and yeah. you were supposed to take the test, and they had a special testing situation for you. And how come you didn't make the test, Steve? Yeah. Well, one. Thank you, Dane. We probably was out to four or five in the morning. The test was at eight. Uh, uh, it's, it's been, and that wasn't just one time. It's been times where I've seen Mike and I'm going up to him. He's like, how was the test? And I'm like, I'm going to tell you the story. Go. Yeah. Tell him the story, Mike. So, I mean, it was, you get four chances to take it. 
He's on his fourth chance. He failed the first three. So, you know, I'm giving him, you know, kind of a pet right. Come on, Steve, you got to make it. It's your last chance. You got it. It's not. I call, I call him in the afternoon. I said, what happened? He said, I didn't wake up. <laughs> and that was his last, it was his last chance to go. So he didn't get a chance. We didn't get a chance to play but, but each the, other in college. The funny one is though, they had it really, they had it set up for me to take the test. And I, uh, some of the guy that was a minister of the test was my first time taking the test in a home, actually in the house. You normally take it like in the library or at school. So it was set up for me to take the test. So, you know, I get the test, you know, I'm excited because I know I got this right. This is my name. I know how to spell this. I got this right. I got one. All right. Then I open the test, you know. First question, I'm lost. So, you know, I do what everybody else do. I abacadabra my way all the way through that. You know what I'm saying? And I take the test. I slide it to him, you know, definitely feeling, not feeling confident. You know what I'm saying? I just slid it to him because I knew I failed. And uh, he actually says to me, he's like, uh, yeah, man, how did you do? I'm surprised you didn't have any questions. You mean to tell me I was supposed to ask him to, if I would have known that I probably would have had a national championship in Arizona because I would have asked him every question and got every one of them right. But so, so, so long story short, I ended up not being able to play. And where I'm from, I stayed in a lot of trouble in my hometown. And his mom seen something in me that I didn't see in myself. Uh, she did not allow me to go back to my hometown. She made me stay with his brother and uh, they took me working out. They had me working out and doing all these things. And she woke me up one morning and took me to the Phoenix Suns practice facility. I had no idea why I was going there. I ended up trying out for the Phoenix Suns and ended up getting drafted because of his mom. So that's the, that's the, 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 relationship, the relationship that we have. Also, I got to tell this story too. His mom don't like me telling this story, but I got to tell this one too, since I'm telling my story. Everybody know about the story about me calling my wedding off because the prenup, prenup wasn't signed. Well, I was heard about it and I was crying and I just had snot, all kind of stuff coming out of my face. I'm it, sure that nose produced a lot of yeah, snot yeah. too. It, it was, it was. I, I probably needed a beach towel. Yeah. Okay, facts. And his mom came in the room, wiped my snot and my tears away with her bare hands and told me I became a man today. And I never forget that and I love her to death. So yeah, shout, shout out, out to mom, shout out to mama baby. But um, let's talk about, you know, I was on the, I was on campus the first semester of you being in Arizona. Um, you wasn't in school though, you was just chilling? I was working out, parlaying, parlaying. Arizona, yeah. I, I tell people, I didn't take no trips because I played sports year round, but if I would've took the trip to Arizona, I probably would've went to Arizona instead of UCLA. So I know you was out there popping. And I'm, I'm with Mike Dibby too. Yeah, him. <laughs> well, we, were working, we were working out, while I was in class, he was at home, you know, uh -huh. working out and doing what, he, what Steve does. So. Uh-huh, <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, talk about though, that, that, that not only Shadow Mountain, because we didn't get a chance to talk about that, but being a star in high school, like people don't know the star you was in high school and the numbers you were putting up in high school. You know, um, I've seen plenty of games where you play against guys like Shea Cotton and a lot of these guys were talked about more than you, but you were in the game with 40 points. Talk about, you know, being that big in high school and uh, still being able to succeed and make it to the top in the NBA. It was tough because, um, Back then, no no players really ever came out of Arizona. There wasn't that many. You know, mm -hmm. they always went to either New York, Texas, or California. And just to just to put Arizona on the map, I think I kind of did because after that, we have a lot of All Americans. After that, as far as like Jerry Bayless, uh, Richard mm -hmm. Jefferson, Channing mm -hmm. Channing Fry, then you can go down the line. But it's just I love the game. You know, I've been around my whole life, and you know, I mean, I, I never really thought of like 
Like once Kyle just started looking at me, I got my first letter. I'm like, damn, somebody like I'm getting recruited. Mm. You know what <laughs> I mean? And I mean, it, it's just a good feeling. And just just to come from Arizona, like I said, like, they always try. You know, back then they try to give the number one point guard to Shaheen Holloway. Yeah, because he's yeah. from New York, but they they can never give it to him because I kept you know I kept making mm. my stock rise. So mm-hmm. um, it was just a great feeling, just to you know I think kind of put Arizona on the map. And just, you know, play with guys like you. I think we have probably one of the best classes, you know, in, in McDonald's game history. Yes, yes sir. So, so name um, some of them people in that class, just so people know. Kobe Bryant. Tim Trey Thomas. O'Neal, Tim Thomas. Steve. Richard Hamilton. Richard Hamilton. Mateen Cleese. I mean, you could go all the way down the line. It's like, I mean, it, it was crazy. But, I mean, it was fun. They, they beat the shit out of us, too. So, <laughs> I mean, I remember they started the game. I was like, this ain't going to be fair. Who was on your team? I think I might have been um, Corey yeah. Benjamin. That only two pros y'all had. Yeah, that's, that's it. They had, like their whole starting five yeah. came out of high school. Me, Kobe, Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal. O'Neal, Tim Thomas, Richard Hamilton, Shaheen Holloway, and um, uh, Lauren Woods. Yeah, Lauren Woods. Yeah, yeah, Lauren Woods. It might be. Sh- I just had a chance, huh? I could, yeah. When they started the game off with a dunk, I was like, oh shit, it's gonna be a long yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it, it was fun. You know, I'm just a. Be around these guys. Like I said, I met Steve probably when we were in high school. I remember us hanging out um, in Las Vegas tournament. Yes. And we our high school beat Oak Hill, yes, if you believe did. it or not. They did. Beat the shit out of us. <laughs> but uh, that's the first time we like really met and hung out. And, you know, when he said he was coming to Arizona, I was like, we're going to do big things over there. Yeah. You know, if I couldn't pass the test. <laughs> I never got there. We never got a chance to see that, though. But um, it, was, it, it, it was fun, though. I mean, it was fun. You, know, you make you make relationships. Like, with the same thing with Matt. Like, we played here. I didn't really know Matt before, you know, I mean, playing here, but we played here, became really good friends. Oof, and did we? And, <laughs> and you know, it was just fun. You make you make longtime friends, you keep and they become family. So mm-hmm. talk about Lou Dosen being recruited by the great Lou Dosen. Um and them pancakes that his wife used to make. Yeah, I mean it's like a fictional character. Like you like you, you, <laughs> like if you really don't know him, like you like he was the biggest man in Tucson, Arizona. You know, his hair was never messed up, no yep. matter what. Can never tell what kind of day he had. Um, it was just, I mean, I think he's probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. And far. I mean, just the way that he coached us and let us play. And, you know, you get a lot of coaches today that try to restrict kids and what they can and cannot do. And he just lets play. And I think that kind of blossomed in the play in the tournament, what kind of helped me. I had, a, I had an okay freshman season. And then when it got to the tournament, he told me, he put me in the rooms like, Mike, I need you to be you. And I think that's what, okay, he's going to let me do what I do. And that's when I kind of took off. Talk about um, why does Arizona guards have so much success? You, Jason Terry, Gilbert Arenas, Miles Simon, Iggy, Damon Stoudemire, it's so many guys. Lou Olson. Lou Olson is that reason. Give like guys said, that green light. And he just lets you play. I mean, he, he recruited you for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. not like some coaches recruit you, but you can't do the same thing you were doing when you were playing there. Mm-hmm. You know, he let us, he recruited us for that reason. Mm-hmm. As a freshman, um, of course, y'all won the championship. Um, after the championship, what is your thoughts? I mean, I was there, so I know. What, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, hold on. But on the road to the championship, again, Mike's team was like subpar, right? Yeah, you we guys were 500. maybe 500. Yeah, they needed the, me. The pack, the it pack wasn't no team. secret they needed me. <laughs> yeah. They needed me. The Pac-10 was heavy back then. I mean, they beat Paul Pierce in Kansas. They beat North Carolina with Vince Carter, Antoine Jameson. They beat Kentucky with Ron Mercer and Derek Ann. Like, it wasn't no... Cakewalk. Mike's team every round was the underdog, and 
once that light came on and Mike started being himself and putting the ball in the basket, this team went on a run. So what was that experience like? It was it, it was crazy. Like I said, we were 500 in the Pac-10. We were hoping to get in. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're watching the thing. Like so hopefully, we get, hopefully we get in. Get, and they gave us the number four seed. We almost lost the first two games to College of Charleston and South Alabama. So we had to, we were down like half, like towards mm-hmm. the end, going half. But then I think after that game, we had nothing to lose. Like no one really expected us to win mm-hmm. after that. And so I think we just went in, played like how we were supposed to play, and things found the, found the place. Mm-hmm. So you win a national championship. Um, you go back for your sophomore year, right? Yeah. How'd that go? It was good. I got pa- uh, Pac-10 Player of the Year. Um, people wanted me to leave after my freshman year, but I, I wasn't ready. Oh, okay. Mentally or physically, I wasn't ready. And, you know, I thought one more year would help me. And then the year that I had, uh, I knew I was ready. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was time. So you end up being the number two selection by the Vancouver Grizzlies in the 1998 draft, the lockout year. Um, very deep draft class, though. Vince Carter, Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Pierce, to name a few. Uh, any good pre-draft stories going up against anyone or who was going to pick you? Or did you actually really tell Vancouver, don't pick me? Like, there's a lot of rumors <laughs> going on out there about how the, the draft process went down for you. It went uh, – it was in Vancouver. It was the first year it was in Vancouver. Uh, it was supposed to go – it was between me and Oliver Candy, who was going to go number one. I went, I went. I only worked out for the Clippers. So that was, was the only team you worked out for? I worked for. out by myself. Shot, ran a little bit. It was about like a 30-minute hour workout. They gave me a bag, like, with all Clippers stuff. So I'm thinking, like, the Clippers going to pick me. Um, I had a pretty good workout. So we get there. We get to the draft. And my my agent, David Falk, one of the best to do it, he's, you know, going back and forth. We don't know. They don't know who they're going to pick yet. They're not going to pick yet. So the day of the draft, I'm sitting at the table, and he comes down and says, they're going to take all the candy. Vancouver's going to take you. You know, I'm 19 years old, and I don't really want to be out of the country. <laughs> so I go upstairs. I talk to the general manager and the head coach, and I tell him, I'm, I remember this day like it was yesterday. I'm sitting there with my mom. I'm looking out the window. It's raining. It's gloomy. I'm just like, I just told him, I said, I don't, I don't want to play here. Mm. And they were like, I'm going to pick you anyway. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I, you know, but it was, it was something I think that – Everything happens for a reason, I think. And for to get traded there, we had an owner named Michael Heisley, rest in peace. And he he gave me the top five places I want to go because they're going to move the team to Memphis and give them top five places. You know, I, I named here. I named Phoenix. I named a few other places. And and he said, well, where's the number one place you want to go? And I said, Sacramento. Mm. And, yeah. I mean, there was nothing said. I mean, he didn't say anything to me after that. I remember I was in the gym. Working out, it was like one in the morning in, at home, and I got calls from people from here, and they're like, So they this is me. after what, your second year? Third year. After so you said three, three years, years in Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. And so my brother gets a call. My brother's worldwide, so he gets a call. He's worldwide like, name. <laughs> he gets a call. He's like, you just got traded to, to the Kings. I was like, bullshit. I was, somebody would have called me. So I go out to my phone, and I got an Vancouver number. That's all it was happens. You got a call from Vancouver. You get a call from Sacramento. And I was like, shit, it happened. And I mean, I, I think mean, it was the best, the best man of my life. But I mean, this, let's take a step back because, you know, obviously small town Sacramento, this is not normally a free agent destination. Guys don't really say, I want to go to Sacramento. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just don't. I mean, as much as I love it, 
Uh, but what drew you to sack? Obviously, there was some talent here, but what drew you to sack when you would put them number one on your list? This excitement. You know, I give a shout out to Jay Will. I saw Jay Will on here. I gave him a shout out. You know, I didn't know how I was going to be coming in and replacing him. I didn't right. know how the fans would take me or nothing like that. And they made, like, the team was crazy. I came in, they act like I've been here for 10 years. It was mm -hmm. just easy to fit in. And that's what, and the fans made it easy and I, it just was comfortable for mm -hmm. me. But I remember coming, what made me want to come to Sacramento is, is the excitement that, that that the fans and all that. But I remember in the Vancouver Grizzlies, no one comes to watch us play. <laughs> so I remember it's the last game of the season and we play here. And I'm looking around like, fuck, it's, it's sold out. Like, how, how's it, we never play in sold out games. You know, like you watch our film and it's like, like 3,000 people in there. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I'm in there like, I would love to play in an environment like this every night. That's dope. And I mean, that was the main thing. I said, I want to go to Sacramento. So the interesting thing about this is obviously we had Jay Will on the first live show here. And he said something you normally don't hear athletes say. And he said something, I'm paraphrasing, but something to the Sacramento made the right decision trading me for Mike Bibby because when they traded for Mike, they got better. So what does that mean to you? Like you said, you're kind of worried about how am I going to fill these shoes or how are they going to take me? And the guy, you know, 20 years later, 20 plus years later, the guy you're traded for, like said, hey, the team made the right move because you made that team better. I love Jay Will, man. We played in the TBT. The first year the TBT came out, we ended up playing on the same team. But like I said, I give him a shout out to, I think he brought a lot of excitement here yeah. to start the thing mm -hmm. anyway. And like I said, I'm not that exciting player. I, you know, I play very old school and try to get the job done. And like I said, I know how I fit, but child Jay Will making the team excitement, making the place for people wanting to be. Mm -hmm. So you were one of the OG members of Team Jordan. Uh, take you back to 1998, you were handpicked by Michael Jordan. When I tell you this motherfucker outside of MJ has the most Jordans, <laughs> maybe Carmelo, maybe, but Mike is Mike has a, a pretty much a house full of Jordans. But tell me how that experience happened, how you became a Jordan member and how you still be getting Jordans to this day. It was, um, so I come in the draft, like, that year, everything was down. Like the shoe contracts were down. Everything was down. So it wasn't a lot of money. Um, it was between, well, Puma kind of, it was Puma and Nike kind of, you know, the, the two main people. Puma was, Puma was going to give me the most money. And they sent me a box in the, I'm a size 12 and a half. The shoe would look like, the shoe was like that long. <laughs> I said, I can't, I can't wear these. And it was like all fluorescent color and stuff back then. You know, fluorescence in now. That wasn't in because back in the day, it was team, you had to wear your team color yeah. pretty much, especially in the NBA. And it was in soccer. Puma was mostly soccer back then. And so after that, I told I told my agent, I said, I'm, I can't take I can't I can't wear a Puma. Can't. And then <laughs> <laughs> that shit hot, bro. That shit is fresh, bro. That shit hot. God damn. Oh, shit, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, oh, the Puma. Okay. Then so my agent, my agent was David uh, Falk. So he had Michael Jordan too. So I hey, but also not to cut you off, he had Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, Patrick Ewing. Yeah, like, this is a big, big time, time guy. So he, um, I was kind of me and Elton Brown were his last two people he had. Um, so he was like, well, "Would you want to go with Jordan? Would you want to wear Jordans?" It's fucking right. It's <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So he called and made you know the guy the contract right then. It's been been like that ever since. But you got like some guys get like the team Jordan shit, and I'm not a well, all due respect, MJ. If you end up hearing this, I'm not a fan of those. But you had like no the, one is. You <laughs> had like. Uh, you were one of the athletes, though, that got to remake and recolor scheme like the Jordan Jordans that everybody loves. But you know what happened? It was uh, at that time they were they were doing that. They were, there was there wasn't that many of us. 
So they were, they were able to get all the retros and do all that stuff for people. So now that he has so many people now, right. it'd be hard to put everybody in retros. And um, like you said, the retros sell on its own. They don't mm-hmm. need us to market the mm-hmm. retros in order to sell. Mm-hmm. So they'll put us in those other shoes to market those for other people to see us playing them mm-hmm. and for them to like to play mm-hmm. in it. So I'm glad you got the retros. Um, <laughs> so you try to get stacked in Arizona. Thanks to Dane, that didn't work. <laughs> Appreciate it. So we got another story though. So you try to get Mike to Vancouver, or you try to get Stack to Vancouver with you. So you're in the mix. Stack gets so Stack, you got drafted second round. Uh, it didn't work. You went and did some overseas stuff. Yeah, I did. Won championships there too. Okay, you might have some kids over there. Couple kids, probably. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I'll meet them one day. So, uh, so from there, again, Mike being the guy he was, Mike tried to get Stack in Vancouver and tell these because this is the first time I, I we were chilling yesterday and I was hearing these stories. And I'm just like, right. So tell the story how you you got him to three different training camps. You look you look at how many years you played, Steve? Fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. So you played fourteen years. So like, I should have played seven, eighteen. Yeah, we're we're a, we're a losing franchise. Um, you know, my second year, I guess Steve in a tryout. For the team, I mean, it's, it's very political. This this whole basketball stuff is political, and I mean, I can't remember how the first one kind of went, but they cut him. So he comes back the next year, get him again. This is Vancouver now. Vancouver, they didn't yeah. have much, so they shouldn't have been cutting the real one. But, one about yeah. one about forty some games in three years in Vancouver. So um, <laughs> do the math. Yeah, one game out of fifty seasons. So. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, I get him there for the third third year. I mean, he's killing defensively, offensively. He's talking shit. He's being gangster out there and all type of shit. Something I'm trying that's to tell myself. That's where he went wrong. But go ahead. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But that's just, that's just Steve. He out that's there talking shit. That's always go wrong. He busting ass talking shit. And uh, the last last cut comes. And I'm telling myself, I said, there's no way they cut you this time. There's, there can't be. There's no way. Just how much work you out there. And he comes back in. And remember, we were in the locker room. You walk in, he's like, they cut me. I said, you're lying. And he said, they cut me. And so I don't know what you did some other stuff after that, but he ended up playing 14 years, um, winning championships, averaging whatever, and you get cut by a team that wins 40 games in three years. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I don't know if they weren't, weren't trying to win or what, but I'm, I don't know. But um, it was just good. I mean, I just, like people do that. People bring in people to give them chances. Yeah. And I thought Steve had a pretty good, a real good chance of making it. It was just wow. It didn't work out, but like I said, everything happens for a reason. It made him even hungrier, and I think he it went on to to build him how he is today. I want to rewind a little bit because I learned the story yesterday. I think you guys leaving out some key elements. <laughs> um, so there was one year where my our stack and Dane went out and they were having a good time, and um, <laughs> <laughs> Mike wasn't involved. Keep Mike's name out of this. Mike wasn't involved. So they're out. I, 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 I Mike might have been involved. I, I seen it. Mike might have been involved. But Jack, I, I, tell I, us I what happened it. that that, that uh, one evening in Vancouver, British Columbia. I mean, we was just minding our business like we normally do. <laughs> just minding our business. You know, we had a couple beverages. You know, everybody had a couple beverages, but somebody that was out there had more beverages than everybody else in the world that night, right? And he said some things to Big Bro that he shouldn't have said. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know, Dane is a 
Very understanding guy. Very mild-mannered. Very mild-mannered guy. Nice hair. We don't need to bring up his background, yeah. okay? He's a nice guy, all right? Just look at his hairline. Yeah. His hairline, his hair, I'll tell you, he's a nice guy, right? Yeah. He's you know, holding strong. Yeah, but even nice guys have, you know, get to their limit. Yes. And, you know, he just gave him a high five to the face, you uh-huh. know? <laughs> It wasn't wasn't really a slap. It was just like a high five to the face. You know what I mean? And what'd you do? Did you catch the guy? Did you help him up? What'd you do? I didn't know his reaction. I know he's going to get up and swing. So the closest thing to him was my foot. So my my leg just got to jumping and kicking. I I don't know how it happened. I was trying to grab my leg, but it just started kicking it. It ended up into a This is all why you were trying to make the Grizzlies. Yeah, I think that's probably why I got cut. (laughs) So that's the real reason. Thanks, Dane, again. Because he was hooping, but some some off the court shit caught up to him. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards 
to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I've never heard that, you know, you made Sacramento destination. So you end up getting traded here. Um, you and Brent Price were traded for Jason Williams and Nick Who? Anderson. Brent Price and Who, me. That? He was yeah, Mark's, Mark's brother. Yeah, Mark's oh. brother oh. was Nick traded Anderson. for. Yeah, Jason. Jay Will and Nick Anderson. I wasn't the only one. Uh, Everybody so would say that shit. Two parts of the trade. What was your first reaction coming here? Obviously, you've seen the season before. The love, the fans, the energy in Sacramento to me is second to none. You get traded here. First of all, what was your reaction? And then who were some of your vets that you kind of leaned on? Because you're coming into your fourth year. Yeah, my fourth year. So, yeah, talk to us about I mean, that. I was just, I was surprised. You know what I mean? I just, I, couldn't, I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe it happened. Um, but my thing was, where I was playing, you know, back then they played inside out. So, you're throwing the post, go stand over here, and, and mm-hmm. they hopefully the ball will come back out to you. Um, so, I remember first day of practice, I passed it, cut through, and I Look ducked. Out. And the ball almost hit me in the head. And I'm not used to – I'm used to passing and going – cut through and just go to the other side. And the ball hit me. So, Coach Carrillo. Rest in peace. Yes. Great. Princeton yes. coach. He was like, be right, be careful. You go through, it's going to hit you. and hit you in the face. I said, I see that shit now. But it was just something that I wasn't used to. Mm-hmm. You know, I came, I came here and got to play basketball again. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just throwing the post, let the two stars go to work. And if they get in trouble – be the third, fourth option, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just coming here was just, it was life-changing for me. Yeah. You know? I'm, you guys arguably had, not to cut you off, probably this, the best Sacramento teams 
to date, you know, obviously these young teams are trying to make a name for themselves and, you know, what Mike Brown is building over here. But your guys' teams in the early 2000s were the shit. So name some of the guys you had on that team and, and what kind of fun, because obviously you guys were very entertaining, ball movement forward, making plays. You know, everybody is out here shooting and, and, and doing things and to more to your style. But what kind of chemistry did that team have? Because that's what I felt. Like. So I was at UCLA during this time, um, you know, lifelong Laker fan, but then moving to Sacramento at nine years old, like you kind of get accustomed to, you know, the team. So I'm a big Laker or I'm a, I'm a big Kings fan in college. So I'm out here trying to represent the Kings at UCLA, almost getting a couple real fights because motherfuckers <laughs> talking, fuck Sacramento, fuck you, fuck Sacramento, fuck, oh, well, let's, let's do this then. You know what I mean? So I'm out here fighting for these motherfuckers while I'm in college, but what kind of chemistry did you guys develop, one on the court, but second off the court? Because I know Webb is one of your lifelong homies. You guys had Peja, Vladi, Doug, B Black Bobby, uh, you know, <laughs> Coach Rick Adelman. Like, you guys had a squad. Uh, it was good. I mean, the, the crazy thing is all those guys that were coming off the bench eventually went somewhere and, and started. Stars. Yeah. Young Hito. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, Ger uh, Gerald Wallace. Gerald Wallace, Bobby, yeah. All this stuff. So, they always they used to be us a lot in, in practice. The second team. See, yeah. I tell we tell people all the time, like you guys are starters. I was a starter and coming off the bench. So the second team in, in back in the day in NBA practices, like it wasn't no like it is today, come in, get some shots, walk through shit and get out of here. Like we used to go to war with the yeah. first teams. And a lot of these teams that were really good, you asked some of the players, like the second teams were nice too. I That's what made the team so good. I used to bust their ass. <laughs> Who? Them. Sacramento? <laughs> T-H-E-M, them. We used to bust their ass. Let me throw that out there. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying how good the second team and how competitive those those early I mean, 2000 teams were. But the biggest thing was off the court, like you said, and I think Vladi was a ringleader of that. It was never. Hold on. Is it true that Vladi smoked cigarettes at halftime in the locker room? I seen him before. Man. <laughs> what, was it Cools or Newport? Was I, it Cools? I don't know. What was, was Menthols. So the, 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 the thing, the, the bathroom stall is this high. His head is, is over <laughs> right. the top. So I go and use the bathroom. He's in there like, I said, Vladi, you smoking a fucking cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he just got it done real quick and just threw it out and went to warm up. Right. But um, Vladi, but Vladi was the Vladi was like kind of like the ringleader of everything. Made sure everything was cool, calm. Um, of course, Webb was the leader of the team, but um, off the court, Vladi, you never seen his demeanor change. Whether he scored two points or he scored thirty points. You always get the same Vladi no matter what. And I kind of looked up to that. Mm -hmm. You know, when I got traded to Atlanta, I kind of took that role. Vladi's role mm -hmm. in going into Atlanta. I didn't even know, I didn't even want to go to Atlanta because I was supposed to go to Cleveland. I was supposed to get traded to Cleveland that year mm -hmm. or the year before too. And I ended up going to Atlanta. You know, a lot of young guys, mm -hmm. they're a real good team, but young. Right. And I was like, damn, where am I going to fit in on, the, on this team? And that's where I kind of fit in at, mm -hmm. taking Vladi's role. Well, let's not you get, well, hold on, we're going to back up a little bit and get, get into some of this King shit before you just try to send yourself to Atlanta. Um, <laughs> year one, 61 games, the number one seed in the West. You're cooking in the playoffs. Round one, you guys beat Utah and John Stockton. Round two, you guys beat Steve Nash and Dirk. What are some of the best memories? Because in particularly, I mean, you cooked all playoffs, but particularly, I mean, obviously Hall of Famer and, and, and John Stockton, Hall of Famer and Steve Nash. What do you remember most about those first two rounds matching up against those legendary point guards where you were the better point guard in both matchups? I was nervous as fuck. 
I was nervous. Uh, like coming in, that was the first time I ever been to the playoffs. Is that why you used to bite your nails and shit? Was that no, nervous? I didn't bite my nails. Was I always cut them. Oh, you cut them. Cut them. I, cut them. Cut them. I, I used to see yourself on the sports center cutting nails during the game. I'm like, what is it's this just guy doing? It's just when I, I start to pick and stuff when I get, you uh-huh. know what I mean? So um, it's just, I think playing Stockton in the first round, my first ever playoff got me ready for the rest of the time. And when I first came here, my agent told me, like, they already established. I don't need you to go in there and try to score 20. I don't need you to try to go and do this fit in mm-hmm. and that's why i came and fit in you see i was just i was just trying to fit in right and play off these guys and like i said we're playing off the big men now instead of yep. you know me making all the plays so um it was just i think playing stockton and being you know in our type of environment got me ready for the whole thing mm-hmm. 2002 western conference finals arguably one of the most remember uh, memorable finals in league history um, you guys are up three two. Um, you win game five. You hit a game. You hit the game winner in game five. I think it put us up one, put, maybe. But they ended up winning the game. Yeah. Uh, walk us through that play. I remember going out and um, I just told Webb. The play was for Webb to see, you know, met Webb to make a play. And I told I told Webb. I said, Webb, if you don't shoot it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock it down. You give it to me. Mm. And I just told him, I said, I'm gonna knock it down. You give me the ball. So you came off the baseline, came off a pick. Yeah, he said it, he he threw. I threw it to him. He popped out. Threw a ten, came off a handoff, and you know I shoot that shot all day, a million times. And you sleep, yeah. So I knew like I expected to make it. I put uh-huh. the work in that. Right. When I miss, that's the what problem. the fuck am I right. missing for? Right, because I work. You know what I mean? And I mean that's just that's what my mindset. I have a strong mind, and mm-hmm. my mindset was I put enough work in that I I'm, I'm gonna knock these shots mm-hmm. down. So it starts getting a little fuzzy. Um, <laughs> game six, where um, <laughs> oh. talk to us about game six. One ref that was in this series was arrested, by the way, for cheating. <laughs> and this was a game that they definitely got cheated. But talk to us about the game. Also, was a ref in our series in Golden State. Uh, <laughs> yes. You got kicked out that, didn't you? We ain't going to talk about that right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I remember uh, the night before, you know, I was in L.A. talking mad shit. And you're like, not really a big shit talker, but I kind of <laughs> find out, like, I used to watch, like, when you played the Lakers, you had a little different swagger about you when you played the Lakers. They made me like that. I didn't uh-huh. want to be like that. You know, you go to LA, they talk shit to you when you're walking down the court, you stand there, mind your business, and they get you started. Mm-hmm. You know, they poke a sleeping bear. I'm just out there doing my job, and mm-hmm. they kind of wake me up. I like playing there, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But um, the night before the game, we had a, a guy named Chucky Brown, you know, a 14-year vet, and he was like, I said, this shit, I'm, th- I'm talking shit. I'm on the red carpet at the movie things. It's over, radio stations. Uh, and, you know, he tells me, like, be careful because it's, it's not what it seems. I'm mm. like, bullshit. It, we good. Ain't no way. And so, I mean, obviously, you've seen what happened in the game. Um, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, we were definitely the better team that year. I know that for sure. But um, I, I still can't, I still can't watch. I still can't watch the tip out and mm-hmm. shot. Like, I watch the highlights of it, but when it comes to that, I'll turn it off. I mean, with all due respect to those Laker teams, because they were great. I mean, I felt, I think a lot of people felt like you were guys were the best team in the league. Obviously, the next round, they walked through New, Jersey. It, New Jersey with a sweep. Yeah, 4 They swept the shit out of them. But, I mean, you guys were the we're, better team. We're a better team than them. Yeah. I get guaranteed. I mean, I know that for a fact. You, know? mm-hmm. you could, you could, you could see, you could, you could see the look on their faces that you were. It guys, was over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, you just, it's just good to see. Like basketball players know when you see that look of defeat, they had the look of defeat. 
and you could tell. Did you ever talk to any former Lakers about that? Hold on, what? Huh? What? That didn't make sense. Y'all was not the better team. Y'all lost. No, we were. No. The better team went on and won. Championship. Stop it. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, ain't no way. Y'all was the better team won. We shit the bed in game seven, but it shouldn't even went to game seven. That shit might have been over. It should have been over in five. I'm going to let y'all have that. So you guys were like, if I recall, like I said, I, I we, think we shot, we shot under 50% like, yeah, from the free throw but, line. But you guys were like two for 15 or yeah, two from for three. 12 from three. Shot under 50%. From, under 50% from the free throw. But you guys also went to the... And you also won, went to overtime though, right? Yeah, went as overtime bad as you guys, As bad as you guys played in show. Well, Jelani was on that team, by the way. Stop it. <laughs> J-Mac. Don't do that, J-Mac. Jelani, was they the better team? Say the tell truth, Jelani. Stop it. Ben was doing this kind of thing. Ben was having his way. He had the Kings ransom. Ben was definitely having his way. Championship, but I mean, the better team went through. I don't know about no referee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on that bullshit suit and I wasn't playing, so I did have a good front row seat to the thing. Take us back, though. Obviously, the ball gets tipped out. Cole misses a shot, right? Yeah. Kobe takes Doug guards him well. Kobe misses a shot. Who tipped it out? Vladi. Vladi tips it. So your teammate tips it out. To the Rob, wrong nigga. Rob is trailing <laughs> the play, right? We actually talked to Rob. We had Robert Ori on the pod last season, and yeah. he told us about it. But walk us through that. So Kobe misses a shot. Do you exhale? Like, okay, we got this. Tip it out. We're going to run the clock out. See, walk us through that play. See, I'm back, in, back in that day when we were playing, we weren't allowed to rebound. You know, so a lot of the guards don't rebound back then because that's how the bigs get their money. So get out of here, little fella. So that's all you tell. So that's why you all see guards hanging around outside. But um, I'm just thinking, you know, they the ball boy tell they were getting our champagne ready mm. in the back. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. he had to clean it all up. And um, mm-hmm. But um, I just remember standing there watching the tip. And I just watched it. And I'm like, oh, shit. And, I mean, just to I anybody mean, but him. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, even if it's like a bobble, a tip of something different, because there wasn't that out. much time left. Yeah, so I mean, it just... <laughs> It's hard. It was heartbreaking for me because mm-hmm. you know that would have been, you know, a championship, championship. for the city of Sacramento mm-hmm. and for myself. Mm-hmm. They tipped this shit out to the rock, the person who hit four five threes <laughs> in the same spot for <laughs> four other championships, four years straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's funny though. That is so funny. anyway. <laughs> that shit with the Robert Horry out all people, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, supposed. To- Supposed and hey, with friends like this, who needs enemies? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm just saying, it could have went to anybody. Yeah. Man. It could have went to anybody, dog. But it went straight to him. He didn't have to move. Oh, man, he right to the boom. Locked right and loaded. Shot, yeah. Knocked it down. Uh, huh? Should have went to Fish. Now, Fish would have hit that shit. Fish was too. hitting that shot, too. For sure. No, they caught that on Doug. They, they let that one go. They didn't see that one. Oh, yeah? <laughs> they broke my nose. He didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> they, missed, they, happened, they, they happened to miss that one? Yeah, yeah. And we were down we were down one with like 14 seconds left. They offensive foul. We get the ball back. You know mm. what I mean? Who knows what happens? But, mm. Mm. but hey, but you followed with the bloody nose. That, that's what I'm saying. I didn't. I thought he broke it, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, a, it was a good. Come on, man. It was a good old school move he hit me with. But, yeah. I mean, it's basketball. You know what I mean? So Who hit you? Kobe. He hit me with a. Like he was like the goal and it just I remember, yeah. 
Mm. File on Mike's face. <laughs> right? That's how the rest of you call it. I wish their call that on Kobe in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so you end up averaging all said and done 20 points in the playoffs. You shoot 40% from the three-point line. You're blessed with a seven-year, $80 million deal. How does life change after that? We live now. You know, I mean, it's, it's the, the rookie contracts back then were not much, very minimal. You know, hey, like, Mike, uh, remember when I got my first? Oh, yeah. We're going to go there. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're not going to leave that. So, talk about how your life changed. And we're going to backtrack when Jack got his first check. Uh, you want to do that first? No. Talk about how life changed for you. I mean, you. it was just, I just, you know, I hugged my mom and said, we made it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was just a great feeling, you know, coming from nothing mm-hmm. and being able to take care of your whole family. No, it was great. Mm, mm, mm. That's all we talked about, though. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, That's all we paid. talked about. So let's backtrack a little bit. What year is this? For the, What year? I'll set it up, but what year is it? Probably 97. 97. What? what? When you, you got when your When you check. got your little check. We're about to tell the story. Oh, too. yeah. No, this, oh, was, this still, was definitely. I was still in school. I it, yeah, so Mike's Mike in Arizona still. Stack gets a $25,000 check. Did they try to go to the bank seven straight days in cash? <laughs> no, we tried to go seven straight days to get it. They to weren't giving it to him. They, 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 they wouldn't put it in my hand. He kept, okay. he kept telling like the agents, and my agents say, I can get it. It comes yeah. here, I can get it tomorrow. Hey, hey, it come hey, back tomorrow. Hey, it's not the around the house. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wait for it. So they was about to rob this bank on the final day. Mike and they about to pull a set it off move. But on the final seventh day, they finally give you the 25 5,000. I'm going to let y'all take it from here. Yeah, we make it happen. And it's, and it's me, Mike, his sister, my brother. We in the car. You come in the check. You come in, you cut the check. You go in the bank. So I'm I just sitting in my car just waiting for him. <laughs> and he just come in and he just start counting. He start counting. Ooh, I'm just looking at him like... <laughs> so this is the first real money either of y'all really see yeah, your whole life, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so I'm going. looking at him. He counted. Let's go to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Spend it all. We twenty five thousand with Bato- every dime <laughs> in the mall. We probably had about a hundred or two hundred dollars left. We bought every Jabot Polo Air Max, and, and I want everything I get. I want one for all them too. <laughs> we got. I told we tore the mall down, dog, and we got cursed out. So oh, we got man. home. Shit. That was my money. No, but you you got cursed out and you was with me. <laughs> he, just, he said, that's the last check Steve seen. My mama never put a check in my hand after that. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> she didn't put a check in my hand after that. Oh, too, man. That was fun. That was fun, man. That was fun. Yeah, because it was my money. Yeah, she be like Because <laughs> it was my money. That's why it was fun. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Next season, the team is, is, uh, is just as good. Chris Webber tears his ACL mm. in the second round versus Dallas. How was that? I remember like that, that too because I mean I, it was a close game, and you know he was gonna he was gonna I'm gonna spin I'm gonna spin off him, throw me the lob. I'm like, I looked at the I mean it's like game scoring time, so I'm like it's like a close game. I'm like, well, I, I'll just throw it up, just catch it. You don't just dunk. He's like, no, nah, just throw it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, if I don't dunk it, I'm gonna catch it. I'm like, damn. And so y'all so, had a conversation yeah. before the play. Yes, uh, and he goes. He goes, I'm going to spin off. I'm here and I'm going to spin off, throw it. I'm gonna, If I don't dunk it, I'll, I'll catch it. So I'm like, right now you want to do that? And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll catch it. So I throw and he goes down. I'm like, shit. Mm. I just, I mean, so I knew it was bad. So he lands and tears ACL, yeah, right? Yeah, I knew it was bad. But um, like I said, we, where was our anchor for us? And, you know, and he's, mm-hmm. he's so underrated. Yeah, I played for a lot. I played with a lot of superstars. And him, he took his accountability. Mm. That's a leader. Yes, like my fault. That was my fault. 
You know, you don't see a lot of superstars do that now. Mm-hmm. And for him doing that, I kind of respected that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it kind of it rubbed off on the team and everybody mm-hmm. was held accountable for what they did. If they, if they messed up, it's OK to mess up. Just, you know, take it. Just move mm-hmm. on to the next right. one. Mm-hmm. I talk about how hard it was to go deep in the playoffs. But there was any doubt in your mind or from the team, from the chances y'all went with, with everybody, with the injuries and stuff y'all was dealing with? I knew it was going to be tough. You know, I think we had another chance to we went to a game seven with Minnesota mm-hmm. and we end up losing. I think is we, that when Anthony Peeler elbowed Kevin Garnett in the face? And they almost no, I don't think he was here yet. Oh, okay. I don't think he was here yet. We still um, I think it, that might that might have been the next year, I think. Was after it? we went to the Western Conference, we end up losing in seven mm-hmm. in Minnesota. I think Webb had a shot. We're down two, maybe a shot three. We end up losing by, I think, two. But um, I think one, I think after that, then they started breaking the team up mm. and decided. You know, I think I, don't, I think I'm window closed. I guess I don't know. I think mm. we had a little bit left, but uh, I think the next year they I traded can, yeah. you and uh-huh. and Webb. So I come to year. the team in '04, mm-hmm. and it, that's where they kind of felt like Chris was coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel the team was as strong. Chris has a no trade clause on. I still to this day don't know why the motherfucker accepted the trade, but <laughs> I mean we had a conversation about it. But so we're in. We just packed for like a five game road trip. I think it was a long trip. Mm-hmm. And we started in Dallas, and we here on ESPN, we get traded, and we're heartbroken because I was a fan of this team. Like being from here, I'm finally on this team. Being a huge fan of the, you know, we this team feels like they have enough to make another run. We're early in was it January February. We end up playing you guys, I think, on that same right away, trip. Like the yeah. same trip. Like we were supposed to go to the team we got traded to. So we get traded and we're in Dallas and we're like, fuck it. Let's go out and have a good night. Now, I know we're not going to talk about what happened that night because a <laughs> lot of shit happened. <laughs> I think I passed out in the strip club, was throwing up all day the next day on the private plane flying to F- uh, flying to Philly. But I love those it was lines. sad, though, because, again, it was yeah, I mean, you make, you make you make good friends. Like yeah. You get family, and it's, it can be taken away from you. Yeah, that quick. Webb just off I, a business Webb, trip. Webb was my big brother, but like Mike was my dog. Like Mike, me and Mike, me and Mike. Yeah, that, like I said, you become family and friends. Like I said, I didn't know mm-hmm. Matt before he came here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just to be able to be so close with Matt and meet Matt's family, Matt be close with our family too. It you know it changes lives. Yeah, and it was big. So we went off to Philly, which was the worst two years of my <laughs> fucking life. <laughs> Horrible. That was the first time, and I'm I'm a West Coast for life, so I'm out there in chucks and white t-shirts, and it's cold as a bitch. Like, I don't own a jacket. I don't own no real shoes. Like, I don't know what the fuck this is. So I'm just out there smoking weed for two years, playing video games, taking Webb's money, and man, I'm not getting no playing time. I'm not sure if I'm going to be in the NBA no more or not, nah, but I'm miserable. But I'm out there doing my thing off the court, though. You better believe that, Jack. On the court, I wasn't shit, but off the court, I was nice. So the trade happens. February 2005, me, Webb, and Michael Bradley are traded for Kenny Thomas. Sam and John Sammons, I think. John Sammons and a couple other people. You was what? Doing my thing off the court. Yeah, you wasn't what? Doing shit on the court. But you was what? Doing my thing off the court. (laughs) (laughs) You got to win somewhere. Um, So so what's your mindset? Again, you come to Sacramento. This is, is, you know, one of your top destinations. You come here. You guys make runs very close to cracking the egg and, and, and getting all the way. So Webb gets traded, and, and what's kind of your mindset after that? Kind of like it's my team. Like it's kind of like my team to take to take over mm-hmm. because it was Webb's team, right? And I think they needed a leader, and I I felt I was right for that position. Just as far as I mean, just of the the work and the time I put into basketball, I think it was my time. Mm-hmm. 
So you end up getting traded. You play a couple more seasons sack. You get traded to Atlanta, um, a young team. You still go out there and put up very solid numbers. You guys pushed the Celtics that year to seven games. They end up winning the championship that year. But what was that experience like? You go from Vancouver, small city, not very good. Come to Sacramento, small city, but live, a really good team. So now you're off to Atlanta with a young team, an atmosphere that Jack absolutely loves in Atlanta. But what was that experience like for you? <laughs> it was good. Like it was different. It was a different role for me. Uh, By the I, way, Jack has his his jersey retired in street three strip clubs in Atlanta. <laughs> Still on the wall. <laughs> Captain Trick. Well, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I mean, because I was supposed to get traded to Cleveland. Like, Atlanta, I was supposed to get traded to Cleveland the year before. Um, and now I was supposed to get traded to Cleveland the next year, too. But, you know, I woke up from a nap. And my son comes in like, Dad, you just got traded. I'm like, no, I didn't. He's like, I said, to where? He said, the Hawks. I said, Bush, the Hawks. Never talked to the Hawks. And so my agent was like, hold on, let me call you back. You no, know, it was like right, burnt, right before All-Star break. And he's like, so I could, David, I got traded. He's like, no, you didn't get traded. You got to wait till after. I said, David, it's on fucking ESPN. <laughs> he was like, hold on, let me call you back. So he called me back. He's like, oh, yeah, they did trade you. He said, that's like one of the two. Because David was a very powerful man. And mm -hmm. David could block the trade. trades if mm -hmm. he wanted to, if, they, mm -hmm. if he knew. Mm -hmm. um, so two trades he never heard about is when I got traded from here to Atlanta and from Atlanta to to Washington. I played two games for the Wizards. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know about them because they he probably would have blocked them. Mm -hmm. But um, going to Atlanta was a different role for me. You know, they didn't need me to do all the scoring that I was doing here. And like I said, I took Vlad, the role that Vladi had here. I kind of took it to the younger guys, you know. You know, Al Horford was a rookie. Josh Smith was a couple years out. Marvin Williams. Um, Josh Childress. Joe Johnson. So I mean, we had a pretty good young team. And like I said, my role was going to change. They didn't need me to score. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said a lot of picks. I did a lot of pass. And I think, I, I mean, I, like in practice, I, we were having fun. Like I made trips. Like when we get when we get to where we're going, the whole team is going to go eat some dinner, go go to the mall, walk around the mall. And everybody was buying in. So everybody was on mm -hmm. the trips. And um, they kind of got a camaraderie together. And everybody started feeling comfortable. And we started feeling good mm -hmm. and, and started winning games. I think the next the next year there, I think we won 52. One of the years we, we won 52 games. And being from Atlanta, I'm not making tournament, uh, right. the playoffs for 10 years. Um, kind of like I feel like I did my job, what I needed mm -hmm. to do to get there. And it wasn't always just scoring. Right. You know? What do you remember about that, your first year out there when you guys played that Boston team with KG, Paul, Ray Allen, and Rondo? Um, like I said, it was the first time. Uh, I think Joe Johnson and me are the only two people on the team that had played in a playoff game. And, I mean, the atmosphere in – in Atlanta was crazy. We were getting our ass kicked in Boston every time we went, but we were holding our own in, in, in Atlanta. And, I mean, it was just tough. They were tough teams. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, we held our own. And it took the championship, took the champions in seven games. Mm -hmm. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? 
Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Signing with the Heat, March 2nd, 2011, after you uh, clear waivers. How was it playing with the Heat and that experience? We talked about it so last night. Up. So is that, <laughs> we talked about it last so that's, night. So that's, that's the big three. So that's Bosch, Wade, LeBron. I think it's the first year. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it was just different. You know what I mean? It, was, it wasn't something I was used to doing. Uh, it just wasn't a good experience for me. Mm. Um, I, you know I mean? A great organization, great coach, great Riley, Pat Riley, great. Everything's great. It just wasn't for me. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and just 
I didn't want to, I thought I still had a little bit more left. That's why I left Washington. They wanted me to kind of um, prep um, John Wall. And I thought I had, I thought I still had some juice left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I ended up leaving Washington and tried to go get a championship play over there. And it just wasn't for me like to go stand in the corner and wait and wait. Yeah, that so it. much pressure on shots. It wasn't for me. And, you know, after that year, I was done. I felt like I was done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I, I did what I had to do. I'm done. And my, Mike Woodson goes to New York and ends up saying, come play one more year. I'm like, Woody, I'm done. I ain't got nothing. I have no more fight left. I, I don't want to. Like, if I'm going to do something, I want to be all in. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't all in. You know what's crazy is after you play a long time, like, you feel it. Like, I had an opportunity. I still had two more years on my deal when I retired. But, when that, like you said, when that fight leaves you mm-hmm. and you realize, like, damn, I'm missing a lot of time with my family, my mm-hmm. kids growing up, stuff that I'll never get back. We could be playing, you know, obviously the NBA is where everyone wants to make. But when that fight leaves you, it's a different feeling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who would ever think, like, how could you not want to? But, like. That NBA is a grind and you travel a lot and although the money's good and it's we're not complaining, it becomes a wear on you. You know what I mean? And but once you lose that love, yeah. But the point to, to get prepared for it is what I didn't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked my ass off. Steve knows when you come to work, I would shoot oh, a thousand machine. shots a day. Shoot a thousand shots a machine, day. Bro. And, exactly. and so, I mean, I just didn't have it in me anymore. And then when I went to New York, he, you know, he, Woody was like, come play, come play. So I ended up going to play, but it was like, I'm here if you need me. But, but if most of the time not, I'm chilling. I'm fine over. Don't feel like you feel that to feel you obligated have to, play me. to play me. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. I worked out already. I shot did all the stuff before the game. I'm cool over here. Mm-hmm. You know, he come. I mean, Woody took care of me. Woody would come down to the bench and I'm giving you a blowout. Do you want to go in? Maybe sometimes like, no, nah, I'm good. And sometimes I shit, I'm, I'm getting in play a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, but I mean, it was it was over for me. What was the experience like with Braun, D Wade? How good was D Wade at that time? I think um I think it was still D-Wade's. I mean, it was D-Wade's team. It was LeBron's first year. But D-Wade, D-Wade, uh, D-Wade's like a freak. You know, he's probably 6'3", um, jump out the gym, long arms, and he's just an athletic monster. Mm-hmm. You know, and just playing with those guys, like I said, it was different playing with three superstars. You know, right. you usually get, only get like one, mm-hmm. maybe one and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, playing with three, like I said, it was a different role for me that right. I wasn't used to. That I never done in my life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I mean, it, like I said, it wasn't It wasn't for me. What about Bron? How was it playing with Bron? He was like a superhuman, you know what I mean? He, I mean, he probably weighed about, he was probably the heaviest guy on the team, running that fast and jumping that high. Crazy. I needed some of that stuff. Whatever you it know? was. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was, you needed some? <laughs> yeah, I needed that. But uh, I mean, it's just like, like he like he was the heaviest on the team and to be able to jump that high and run that fast. And run that fast is, I mean, it's unseen. So as you say, you end up going to New York. This is a loaded New York team with Melo, Amari Stoudemire, J.R. Smith, our brother, Baron Davis, uh, Tyson Chandler, <laughs> Shump. Any funny stories just about that team on the bus, on the plane, in the locker room? Just saying those names in one sentence. Makes me want to laugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was good. You know, Baron, I love Baron since day. That's where we kind of bonded. Baron, yeah, so Baron, now we were just, I was just in China with Baron, but Baron, um, him and Jared Jeffries, um, they both had bad knees. And, you know, I mean, Baron said they made a bet who's going to get hurt first. Oh, <laughs> there was a real bet between yeah. Jaron Jeffrey, Jared Jeffries and Baron. They made a bet, right? So, hmm. Baron, so Baron won. Yeah, Baron's out on the floor. His leg is like this way. So we go out there to help him up. And he looked back and he said, I won to Jared. 
And I mean, in the middle of a tear in his ACL. But Baron blew his whole knee up. I don't know if you guys remember, but Baron's whole knee, he was driving down the lane, going for a layup. His whole entire knee blew up. And mm-hmm. the first thing he says to Jared Jeffries is, <laughs> I won. I won the bet. <laughs> Not surprising. Yeah, so, I mean, it was good. I mean, it was a good experience for me there, too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, being in New York, playing in the, in the garden and, you know, playing for the same team that my dad played for, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, right. Just being in that environment, being in New York was good, good mm-hmm. situation. Uh, what's your relationship? Did you have a relationship with Kobe? Obviously, years of battling, same, you know, I mean, same year high school. Played, our your dads, dads played, played together. together. But I mean, it was like, you know, respectful every time we've seen each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, you always, you know, always gave me love. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, you know, I try not to bother people outside here unless I'm really, yeah, really you're close. Quiet dude. Any any good stories on or off the court with him shit talking or the chilling or no, nah, no, nah, not that good say out here, no. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about uh playing in the big three. Obviously, me and you both helped Ice Cube with this big three league. Um we both uh started off as captains. Uh I won two of the championship at the last three. <laughs> But um, talk about that experience and just being able to to be someone that's the face of a, a black-owned league, something that Cube uh, started to do and a, a way to give players like us a chance to continue to play professionally on a high level. It was amazing. You know, like I said, I got a, a call from Cube and, I mean, whether, whatever it was, Cube could have said that we're going to go uh, cut some grass for a little bit. I'm down. I'm, I'm going to go with you. I looked up to Cube. I looked, listened to his music growing up and – I mean, it was just the best situation. Like, you remember that first year? I mean, we're selling out arenas. You know, there's about 17,000, 18,000 people coming to watch three-on-three basketball. And just, you know, just for Q to even think of us like that, I think is like Mm -hmm. crazy, man. It's just just Mm -hmm. crazy to be a part of that. Shout out Ice Cube and the big three. Yeah, people don't understand how the lives he's saving. A lot of guys, Mm -hmm. you know, need that money, too. Yeah. When did you get the coaching bug? I coached. My son, I've been coaching him since he was nine, but I'd do it when I wasn't playing. So Raymond, my cousin Raymond would coach while Ray I'd be dog. gone. He while burned out too. <laughs> while I was gone. So he had coached. And when I come back, I'd coach them. So we had them. I mean, they were learning nine years old, 10 year old, doing learning NBA stuff. And, you know, I mean, I was teaching the kids and, you know, you get, you get, you get soft spot for kids, wanting to help kids. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of my team was, Kids that didn't really have much, mm-hmm. you know. I took care of everything. Jordan, Jordan Brand gave me something in my contract is um, for them too as well, you know. So I got uniform shoes. So we're all in Jordan, you know. At that age, all in Jordan. You know, anybody want to play for you? Right. And uh, I've been coaching ever since then, and I ended up coaching in high school. I, well, I wasn't going to really coach. I was going to coach in the AAU and just let it go. Um, but then I saw his high school coaching one time. I went to one of the practices and I said, I got to. You wasn't shit. <laughs> I got to help the team because I, w- I don't want my son here. I want my son to learn and get right. better and be able to, you know, fulfill a dream he might have. And that's when I just started coaching. And I, I mean, I take it serious. We, I mean, we had practice, shoot arounds, watch film. We'll do stuff we did in the NBA. This, we're going to cover this. We're going to cover this this mm-hmm. way. And if that doesn't work, we we'll cover it this way. Mm-hmm. We did defensive rotation. So, um, I was really putting the time in and, and really care about these kids and what they do, not just on the court, but making a better man off the court. That's what I tell my kids. We all we talked about the Jordan collection. We know you got probably top two, if not, you know, if not number one Jordan collection. I know that I've seen it. Um, you got any memorable stories or stories you could tell about MJ or with MJ? 
he brought all of us to um, a dinner one time. I mean, it wasn't as many as there is now. And I mean, he just went down the line and picked everybody, took a patch out of everybody's ass. And I just, <laughs> and I was, he came to me and I just put my head down. He just said, Mike, you don't say much. So I'm gonna let you go. And he just went on to the next one. But he cut down, he went by Carmelo, Ray Allen. And, I, and he went by Derek Ants. He went down the line. And like knocked like what their weaknesses? No, he just was talking shit. Oh. <laughs> just started, like talking shit. He told CP, um, said something about CP's defense. I play defense. I got two points some steals. He said, that don't mean you're a good defensor. defender. <laughs> that means you're good at anticipating. Uh-huh. So I mean, he just, I mean, he would go all the way down the line. And, and just, just shit talk. Yeah, he just, he left me out. So that's probably one of the good. Best stories you can. You know, when Mike get nervous, he turn real weird. Like how some white people's cheeks get flush. <laughs> Mike's cheek get that, <laughs> that flush. <laughs> What's your um, observation on the Kings now? Lighting the motherfucking beam. What so you you're, about the so you're back in the family now. One more time for Mike is a part of the Kings family again. Y'all get to see Mike out here all the time. I, I mean, I love to see him always. You know, you, know, you always seem, want to see him do good. You know, I think this is where my heart still is. You know, I spend a lot of my time here. Like I said, I got was here for almost seven years. Um, got a lot of friends, and my heart's here. And for the seeing them finally start doing good, and everybody getting back into, I love to see it. Mm-hmm. And like as Matt said, being a part uh, of the NBC Sports stuff, you know, I think it's just a it's going to be great for me just to be a part of the team again. Dope, dope, dope. All right, man. Well, I hope you I guys have a jersey in there, though. Uh, nah, bro. There's in that store. No, there's a gang. I'm like, well, there's a real number 10 in town now. The best number 10. The best number 10 is the current number 10. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> now you I'll still see. I'm waiting for him to put it up. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Yeah. We got we to we yeah, talk to some yeah, people about that. Yeah, yeah. That should definitely need to be in the Raptors. But I will hope you guys have enjoyed this so far. Right now, we're coming down to the tail end. This is called Quick Hitters. So first thing to come to mind, let us know. If you can go back and relive one night of your career on the court, not off the court. We're not talking about <laughs> off the court shit. One game in your career, break it down. What would that be? And go back and change it? No, no. Just, just relive it one more time. Like tomorrow, you're going to go play that game. Um, I, I wouldn't say a game. I would say getting drafted. Oh, really? Okay. Just, I mean, it's like a dream come true. Like, my, I was never big-headed to where, like, I'm walking around, I'm going to be this pick coming up. When it when it finally happened, it was it was the greatest feeling in the mm-hmm. world because you, you, you look at it as a kid wanting to be there and finally coming from nothing, you finally get, get to do it. I mean, it's, a, it's the biggest thing that ever happened in my life. Mm, that's dope. You plus four going to black t- going to play on the blacktop. Who you bringing? I'm bringing y'all. I gotta bring y'all to so it. Just in case we gotta fight. <laughs> I ain't got ass. I already know we was gonna be first pick. I knew it already. I got I got them two uh, that I played with, or just in your four, your four, whoever. So I gotta go with MJ. Mm-hmm. I'm going to MJ and Shaq. I got to take Shaq. Oh too. yeah, it's gonna, gonna be easy right. work. And and Dane's gonna be the coach. <laughs> And the barber. Uh, your top. You say security. <laughs> no, nah, I like a coach that can fight. So we're going to let you be coach. Uh, top five brand Jordan models of all time. I'm not a model, so, you know, hey, don't, don't count me in that. 11. Um, one. Five. Four. Five. Threes. Threes. Yes, Lord. 
Um, how many is that? Four? Mm-hmm. So I'm like one, three, four, eleven. Um, I like the nines. The nines. You're the so only he, person I've ever if, heard say like the nines. If y'all are like, like me, you don't know what the fuck he just said. Just go look, <laughs> just go look those numbers up. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Top five dinner guests, dead or alive. Five people you'd want at your dinner table, dead or alive. Pac. Mm. Muhammad Ali. Um, Mike Tyson. Mm. Um, Jackie Robinson. Mm. Um, Biggie. Mm. That's a hell of a table. Strong. Yeah, he burnt. Mike burnt. Who do you want to see on all the smoke? You burn out. Who you want to see on all the smoke? Uh, but before you answer that question, you have to help us get your answer on the show. Who I'm fucking y'all up with this question? MJ. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, but yeah, you, but you, okay. you, 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 you can get him on. Hold on. He hold, can. on hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We need your help, Mike. We have to simultaneously text this brother. <laughs> All right. I think we can work it from both angles because he actually said he would do it when I talked to him. But I think me and you being both on Jordan, I think we can I make like it happen. To see him on if y'all want to throw me like... his number, I'll text that motherfucker too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because. Yeah, yeah, MJ, yeah, what up, baby? Yeah, 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 right. Right. Well, man, we hope you guys appreciated this night tonight or this day, excuse me. Give Mike Bibby a round of applause. Thank you for coming, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Devin George in the house. Shout out Devin George. Shout out Devin George in the house. Oh, oh Dev was on Dev was on them Laker teams. <laughs> we didn't have Dev was on them Laker teams. Uh, thank you again, Urban Roots, Rob, the whole family. We appreciate you guys. Give Urban Roots a round of applause. Yeah. Stack of kittens on your ass. And right now we're gonna do something a little different because obviously we love Sack, so we're gonna give we're gonna take a handful of questions right now. So you guys have any questions for myself, Stack, or Mike, raise your hand and we will bring you the microphone. Or are you gonna to come to the middle and get the microphone? Because this guy over here with the curly hair is looking confused. <laughs> so we got some questions. Who wants a question? Right here, come on, step to the mic. Oh, you got right here. Next, get in line. Go ahead. Hey uh, Mike, who do you think is the best point guard in the league currently? And who do you think, uh, name a player that resembles your game? Oh, I question. think Steph is the best point guard in the league. Um, anybody that resembles me, I don't, the game is played a different way now. So um, I'm not, I wasn't really an ISO guy like that. You know, a lot of stuff is ISO now. So I, I really can't, I don't really think anybody right now. Could you imagine Mike getting 10 threes a game <laughs> just off the rip? <laughs> Could you imagine? You shot 40%. Yeah. So you shot maybe 12, 15 shots a game. Can you imagine playing in this era getting, you know, I'm going to get eight it to 10 threes fun. every night? The most I think I ever averaged threes was like six attempts a game. Right. You know, to shoot 15 threes, 20 threes a game. Crazy. That'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. Next question Can you please share your Fat Joe sneaker story? Oh, oh. okay. Good one. Okay, um, he he put he put a lot on it, but um, <laughs> but um, you know he came to the house. You know he had like ten people with him. You know he's in my closet. And he I look back. First of all, this closet's like a fucking bedroom. But go ahead. <laughs> warehouse, it's the warehouse. I, well, I walk in and I look back. I show him the shoes that I have and stuff. And I look back and I see like five of his guys with shoes that like I only have one pair of. Like I, if I got more, I'll give shoes out if I have an extra pair. But I don't have like one pair. And I was like Joe, you can't. You can't take all five of them. You can have one. And he ends up, I, there was a shoe, I never made an all-star game, 
but they made a shoe for me just in case I made one. And I think there's only one pair made. And I'm thumb up like, please don't pick this one. Please don't pick this one. And he was looking around like he said, I'm going to take these. I said, fuck. <laughs> and so he ended up taking them. Um, what pair were they? The nine lows were like, it was like silver. Had your name on them? Yeah, 10 on the back, but it was white with silver. And he, um, and he took them, he put them in the store. But he, I mean, he was going to do something for me. My sister, my daughter wanted to be a singer. And I said, you, you know, I have no problem you taking the shoe. Just do a song with my daughter. And he was like, no problem. Did your but daughter do the song? No. She was, she was scared. Uh, but, um, but that's I mean, a lifelong offer. So you got someone else to be able to plug Joe with a song. See, I, didn't, I didn't rough him up. I didn't choke him. I didn't, I didn't do that like he says I did. But <laughs> I was kind of heartbroken that he, that's the shoe he took. Yeah. Anybody else? We got a couple more questions. Come on, step to the mic. Don't be scared. Matt, this question's for you. You want a check? Brad, man, I did not expect you to sound like that. My <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I ain't tripping. I, I'm not even tripping, bro. Hey, I, I ain't tripping. You know what I'm saying? I did not expect you to sound like that, my nigga. Hey. Go ahead on, though. Hey. Go ahead on, though. Do you? Do you? What you doing, young? I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> okay, so. Go ahead. Uh, Matt, question for you. So you won a championship with the Dubs in 2017. Do you have any good stories? That Golden State team. I came to the team late, uh, got hurt right before the playoffs. But I think one thing I remember about that team is, you know, arguably that was one of the greatest teams in NBA history. But what I remember was to have Steph, Clay, KD, Dre, have a rock star coach and Steve Kerr. There was no egos. Everybody enjoyed coming to practice. We had fun on and off the court. Um, off days, the whole team was in getting extra work. So I just think the, the what I remember most is just the camaraderie. And then my twins at the time were like seven or eight. So when we won a championship, I got them championship rings. So they were able to get rings. But when we won the championship, like the twins were on stage, like trying to check, take the MVP trophy from KD, <laughs> take the championship pro. Like there's literally film of them. Like my home is like, yo, I see your kids on ESPN trying to steal this trophies from <laughs> Steph and KD. So that experience was a great experience for me. And again, I think what I remember the most is just how much that team fucked with each other. Then they're trying to get me to say something, but I, it's no, them go ahead two. Say it. No, it's them two right there. It's them two. <laughs> Let right them there. gas you. Nah, go ahead. Nah, I, I ain't doing it. I'm just saying. Any other questions? We got a couple more. Anybody? All right, here, go ahead. I think you got a Mike Bibby uh, ghost. Is that a big three jersey? Yeah. Come they ask a motherfucking question, goddamn it. Yeah. No, you can go next. G Gino, what's your, what's your question, Gino? That is definitely one of the worst teams in big three history, too. Take that off. But I call, I try to get you to be a captain with me. Yeah. I would oh, I'm, I'm already on. Somebody. I already got somebody else. I would want me to. <laughs> Gino. Go ahead, G. <laughs> Mr. Bibby, I think we'd all like to hear your top five of all time. Oh, good call. <laughs> yeah, I've got a question for you. But I'll ask you that later on, bro. What, what kind of dye is in this beard? <laughs> is that just for men? Is that, is that, I heard Head and Shoulders got a new dye. No, what's your, uh, your top five of all time, Mike? Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, <laughs> LeBron, Kareem. Mm. Top five. I got to put in top five. Top five of all time. Nice. Good call. <laughs> nice. All right. Since you got a ghost jersey on. And the Kings went through some crazy times, obviously, with possibly the thoughts of losing the team here years ago. Um, Sacramento fought hard and went through crazy times, a lot of controversy. What was your thoughts and the fact that the Kings ever possibly losing their team to the enjoyment of actually keeping the team and being here forever. That would have been a bad move. You know what I mean? Like this is probably one of the best basketball. This, 
Sacramento's the best fans I ever played in front mm, of, no dope. matter what team I was Give on. Give yourself a round of applause. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, I mean, it's different. Like, you go to L.A., play in L.A., you can hear a pin drop. Um, that's why I like playing there so much. You know, a lot of people didn't really come to watch the game. It's they life. They came to just be, I mean, it's like a scene, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I mean, just playing for you guys is just the best fans that I've, I mm. mean, Played for 14 years, been to every stadium. You guys are the best fans I've seen. Dope. Sure. Any more questions? We got two more. Anybody? Don't be shy. A lot of people in here. How about little man right here on, on Jack's team? You got a question? Come on the back. You, you want to ask? Oh, don't be shy. Anybody? Trey said he cool. That's my partner. He cool. You got a, is it a bunch? Of nice little giddy up. Um, what is your favorite pair of Jordans to play in? And um, what is your favorite thing to do in Sacramento? Outside of poop, um, favorite shoe to play in was probably either my nines or thirteens. Nines were kind of narrow from my foot a little bit, but the thirteens, I probably say thirteens. And outside, I mean, I have a lot of friends here and family, so you know, I go to people's house and barbecue and stuff like that. So suntan, <laughs> <laughs> you don't do much of that. He'll come to your barbecue, but he bringing his own chicken fingers and fries. <laughs> he gonna bring chicken fingers and fries. Chicken fingers and fries he every day. Don't, don't be afraid that. that he ain't gonna eat your food because he does shit a certain way. Chicken fingers and fries every day. But anybody, last question for Mike or for Stack. Anybody who hasn't asked a question yet, going once. Come on, bro, step up. Gene, you, you're a motherfucker, Gene. You and Mike can work out together. I was about to say, you're Mike bench spreading, uh, spotting partner. Yeah. <laughs> Nigga, spot Mike on the bench press. <laughs> yeah, so uh, other guests, you usually talk about artists and music. I'm really big into music. What type of music do you like to listen to? And in that genre, what's your top five artists you like listening to? Oh. Um, I, I love Pac. Pac's my favorite of all time. I'm on, I'm on Moneybag. Moneybag, you right now. I'm, I'm listening to all this stuff right now. Um, I'm just not old school. Like I like Ice Cube. I like uh, Biggie. I like Pac. I like so you old school like us. Yeah, old yeah, school so. music. But right now, right now, Moneybag Yo is my favorite guy out right now. Well, again, man, give you guys self a round of applause. Give Mike a round of applause. Thank you guys for coming out. Before we leave, we're gonna take a, a, a team photo. So we're gonna stand here. You guys are gonna stand behind us. So everyone, stand up real quick to make sure you get your ass in the photo. Are we gonna do this? <laughs> And thank you all for coming. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic. 
and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends.